Hi, I'm Ed Jakes, Marketing Executive at Amber and BGA, and you are listening to the Ambition Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Teresa Grant, the Leadership Award winner from this year's Amber and BGA Excellence Awards. We talked to Teresa about her career and achievements so far and what she has planned next. Can you tell me a little about yourself and your career so far? Um, I started my career in Ireland and I've completed 40, almost 43 years in local government when I retired in March last year. Um, That was a very interesting journey across two two different countries, two different systems, um, and throughout that time, very many different experiences and opportunities. Um, And since I retired, I've moved into semi-private sector, I suppose, really, working with um, Municipal Partners Limited, um, and we work with local authorities to uh, provide high-quality housing for local authorities. So I'm still pleased that I'm using my experience of the public sector to bring something back to the public sector. Congratulations on winning the Amber MBA Leadership Award 2022. How did it feel to win? And has it made an impact on your career so far? Um, I was very humbled to be chosen. I, I have to be honest, when I saw my competitors for the actual award, I thought I would not be winning. Um, they looked amazing in terms of what they had achieved. And some of them, you know, reasonably young still to have achieved so much. So to be chosen from such a a high caliber uh, group of people really made me feel humble. Um, I was absolutely delighted to be put forward, even to be put forward and to get to the finals by Manchester Metropolitan University. Um, But to actually win, it was such a privilege. And it did show for me, um, you know, the caliber of learning from MMU that I received during my MBA uh, and the benefit that has brought me over the years as well. You were also just given the Officer of the Most Excellent Order of the British Empire in recognition of your outstanding leadership, innovation, determination and commitment to Northamptonshire and service to local government in the UK. Well, congratulations. Can you tell me more about this and why you were given the OBE in more detail? The OBE was awarded um, for two things. One, as you said, um, my uh, turning around of Northamptonshire County Council and also overall my service to local government for 42 years at that point. Uh, I felt it was an award that was should have been given to a whole team uh, and not an individual because uh, obviously I didn't turn Northamptonshire around on my own. Uh, it was a tremendous strong team of people who worked very closely with me for three years. Um, I actually collect my award at the end of March. So I'm still waiting to collect it from Windsor Castle. So uh, that happens at the end of March. So I'm very excited about that. But it is uh, in recognition of probably one of them. I was employed by Northamptonshire um, in a role that was advertised as the most difficult job in local government. And when I saw that, I just thought, I have to do it. Um, Why would you not take a job that's advertised as the most difficult job? So uh, it was a very um, challenging experience. The council was the first to declare bankruptcy in over 50 years. Um, It didn't declare it once, it declared it twice, just to be sure. And um, it was severely in debt and had previously been, in my view, very badly managed. 
and I was asked to turn it around and take it out of uh, bankruptcy. During the period that I was doing that, I was then asked would I lead on uh, local government reform for the county, which involved abolishing all eight councils and creating two super councils, two unitary councils um, for the area. And all of that had to happen by uh, end of March 2021. Uh, and of course, then we got COVID. So COVID hit and we, as a county council, managed the COVID response for a population of 750,000 people. We were in the process of building a new children's trust and also turning the council around from bankruptcy, as well as building two new super councils. So um, that might give you some understanding of why I got an OBE at the end of it, because we successfully turned the council around. We successfully created a children's trust and our two new unitaries went live on time. And most importantly, um, I left them with a legacy of £105 million pounds in uh, a reserve. So we went from minus 65 million to a reserve of 105 million at the end of the three years. So, uh, yeah. And as I said, it was a, a, a very much a team effort. That was a, a modest answer for such a great achievement. Why did you choose to do your MBA at Manchester Metropolitan University Business School, Manchester Metropolitan University? Um, I chose Manchester Metropolitan University because at the time I worked for Manchester City Council and a number of my colleagues who I respected and who uh, were more senior than me and had uh, been successful had done an MBA at Manchester Metropolitan University. So they strongly advised me to follow in their footsteps um, and and influenced me really to to go and and look at doing that. And I looked at not just Manchester Metropolitan University, but other business schools as well. But I felt it was the most relevant um, MBA, not just to my skills, but actually to my future career. And it would add most value. And that's why I chose them, because I wanted a a hands-on. I wanted to learn um, strategy. Um, and I also wanted to be able to use what I learned, not, not just theoretically, but actually to use it in, in practice um, once I'd achieved my MBA. You won the award for leadership. What do you think are the most important traits of a good leader? Very interesting question. And, you know, people, they say people leave an organization, they, they don't leave an organization, they leave their, their manager, or their leader. And I, I think that's very, very true. I think good traits, um, I'll give you an, a very good example. When I went to Northamptonshire, I was the fourth chief exec in eight months. So I had a, a workforce of 5,000 people who were feeling very uh, demoralized and not inclined to trust the person who's come in to run the organization when my three predecessors had left in very short order. So I had to gain, first of all, gain people's trust um, to be able to lead them. Uh, I had to make sure that I was honest and transparent with them. Uh, and I was very honest. I told them I was likely to make life more difficult and not easier, but that if they stuck with me, I would see it through to the end and I wasn't going to leave them. And that was an important commitment and a personal commitment I made. And many times over those three years, I thought about why did I say I would never leave here? Because I, I stuck it out. Um, 
But I think leading by example would be the first trait of a good leader, in my view. So asking people or telling people to do something is not as effective as them seeing you do it yourself. Uh, and I think that's one of the greatest um, traits. And, and as I came up through local government, uh, you know, I've done every job that I'm asking everybody else to do so I can relate to them in, you know, in terms of the, the job that's expected of them. I think you need to be fair and to be seen to be fair. But actually, I, I it's probably one of the things that's most important to me is fairness. And having come through a system where I have experienced unfairness, if you think about, you know, 43 years ago as a woman joining an authority in Ireland, um, you know, we never you you couldn't expect to ever get a promotion beyond a certain level. It was you were almost told don't expect it. It's not like that now, I'm pleased to say. So unfairness is something I experienced a lot. And, and therefore, when I got into a position where I could make a difference, and make policies and make choices, fairness is at the forefront of every decision. And I think a good leader is always fair, sometimes firm, but always fair. So that is another trait, I think, as a good leader. And I think compassion and empathy. You cannot get people to work for you and commit to you as an individual if you don't care about them. You must care about them. You must take an interest in them, a genuine interest, not just a passing interest, but actually genuine interest in them, in their personal lives uh, and actually care about them. And, and those three, I suppose, traits are the three things that I've I've brought with me throughout my career um, and they have served me very well. That was a great answer. Um, we've discussed this already so far in the podcast about what you've achieved, but what would you say is your most significant achievement so far? You know, in a career that spans over, you know, four decades, it's, it's, it is really difficult to, um, to come up with a single answer for that one. You know, I look back and I wonder, you know, I, I was village's general manager for the Commonwealth Games in 2002 in Manchester. And that was an amazing experience to be part of such a big machine and such a big success. And, you know, I delivered um, three villages in, in different locations uh, and they were, um, you know, deemed at the time to be the best villages that had been experienced by the athletes. And I would have, you know, looking back on my career, that was quite a, a major achievement. And, you know, I got to meet royalty and prime ministers and all sorts. So, yeah, that would be a very big achievement. But then I think about turning around Northamptonshire and creating two unitary councils. Is that my greatest achievement? And I'm not really sure either of them would be. I think more basic terms, I suppose. Um, I I think in my career about when I got our children's services in my council at the time and we got the best Ofsted inspection in the country. And for me, that was such a fantastic and major achievement because of the impact it had on children's lives. And I still remember as though it was yesterday when we were given the judgment um, by Ofsted and my team who actually achieved that. And we got outstanding for leadership, funnily enough, uh, as well in that judgment. And we all worked so hard and we were worked together to get that. And it was very difficult to get that at the time. It wasn't given out easily. 
But actually what it meant to me was that we were doing a good job for children and that we were looking after our children the way we should be and properly. And we were so proud of that achievement. And whenever I think about achievements, that's one that really comes back to me every time. So I I would have to put it in there as probably one of the greatest achievements as a collective team again. What advice would you give someone thinking about completing their MBA? I would encourage anyone, young and old, whether you're full-time employed or not, to think about doing an MBA. And I have a number of reasons for that. So, for example, I didn't have a first degree when I went in to do a master's. I had a lot of experience and and other qualifications. Um, And I feel that having my MBA has made a difference in my career. It opened doors for me. It um, gave me opportunities I probably couldn't have accessed without that. And I probably couldn't have made the difference that I've made to so many lives as well through the work that I've done in local government and also the experience I've gained in the private sector. So I've also been a non-exec director of one of the largest uh, investment funds in Europe. Uh, and again, an experience that I, I don't think I could have had or could or could have actually managed to achieve without having my MBA. So I would encourage anyone thinking about um, their career to go and do that, whether young or old, it doesn't matter how much experience you have. I didn't start my MBA till I was in my mid thirties. So, you know, you're never too old to do it. And there was older people than me uh, on my, on my cohort. Um, But I would encourage it. It does make a difference. It does actually, you know, it can be, if it's, if you're working full time, it can be quite intense and quite hard work, but those three years are worth every minute of it. If you had to change anything about your MBA experience, what would you change? I think I would have enjoyed it more looking back. You never do when you're in the moment. You just you're focused on, you know, achievement and and making sure that you can um, get over the line. Um, I think I would have actually lived in the moment more and enjoyed it more. I don't think I'd have changed anything about the learning of it. I, I think I'd change more about how I approached it rather than how the MBA itself was set out. I don't think I would change that. It was designed in a way to give you a very broad understanding of business, which it did. And I've used a lot of that understanding over the years in different ways. And the other thing I think is one of the greatest benefits is the networks and the people that you meet throughout that experience. And those networks are hugely valuable to you in your career as you progress. And actually, there's many that were on my cohort and we're still friends and we've stayed friends to this day. You know, 20 years on, we're still good friends. And, you know, you you make your best friends through adversity sometimes. Uh, And it was a time when we all pulled together to make sure we'd all get over that line and we'd all uh, achieve um, a high standard and and a good outcome. What do you think was the most important thing that you learned from your MBA? Probably that you don't have to get 100% all of the time, and that's not what's important. And I think I went into it thinking that. And, you know, if I didn't achieve 100% in every single um, mark, that I was failing in some way, which, you know, is not, it's not sustainable and is certainly not realistic. But I think I learned as well what was my most important learning 
Yeah, I think a broad understanding of everything is is more valuable to you than a deep understanding of one thing. And that's what the MBA allows you to do. You can specialize or you can have a special interest in a specific area even before an MBA uh, and, and bring that in with you. But actually getting that broad understanding of so many areas, you never think at the time that they'll be of use to you. And you never really understand when you're learning it why until in your career suddenly you realize that's something I've learned on my MBA. And actually now I know how to tap into that and how to utilize that. So I think the greatest learning is you don't know what you're going to use or need um, until it happens. So be open minded and embrace it all. What is next for you on your career journey? Well, that is a good question. Oh, I don't know. I I, I passed the magic uh, 6-0 at Christmas. So um, I should really be thinking about retiring and allowing the younger generation to come and, and take on. I think um, I'm really enjoying the work I do with municipal partners. Uh, and as I said, I feel like I'm bringing something back to local government. I also do some advisory work for Enterprise Ireland. Um, so they're the export board for the Irish government and they obviously are trying to export into the UK with Brexit, et cetera. So I really enjoy that as well. Um, so what's next? I, I keep doing that, but one thing that keeps drawing me back is colleagues in local government who um, regularly, I'm pleased to say, still ring me up and ask me for support and advice and to mentor them. And I'd like to bring on the next generation of successful leaders in local government. And I hope I'll inspire the next generation of successful leaders in local government as well. So I think a bit more maybe of that mentoring and support to make sure that uh, local government gets a next tier of leadership that is worthy of the public and worthy of local government. Thank you so much to Teresa for being our guest on the podcast today. For more thought leadership, head to www.associationofmbas.com forward slash ambition and be sure to tune into the next episode of the Ambition Podcast.